you want to open your Bibles to the book of Philippians, I'm got a little bit of voice left, so I might preach till my voice is gone because it just about did not sing through that uh, last song. Thank you, Lord. Just need my wife to come back home, I guess. So there's. You see all see all the men that are here that have have kids and their, their wife is at the retreat today. Um, you should buy them lunch or something. I think. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't have to buy me lunch. You can buy Dave lunch though. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else here. I don't think the rest of them came. Um, <clears throat> they didn't even survive <laughs> the weekend. It's over. They probably got out of town. Um, we are in the book of Philippians. If you missed last week, we started Philippians, so we're going we're gonna to go, be going through Philippians. So unless I'm not preaching, you'll know the next section we're going to be on in the next week. So we did the first 11 verses last week, and so we talked about being a participant instead of a spectator, that we get to participate in what God is doing. Uh, that we get to do it with joy, uh, that, and the good news is that God has begun a good work in us, and He's carrying it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until Jesus comes back, He's working. So, when you get the report on the news that says God's not doing anything, then it's not true. He's at work. That was good. There's like three of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I need some help today. Come on now. <laughs> oh, Michael. There we go. All right. Philippians. Let's read Philippians 1. You know, Philippians, if you weren't here last week, several of you weren't here, but, uh, you know, Philippians is a book that came out of Paul. Uh, it, star- it started with him getting thrown in prison. And then now he's in prison again. <laughs> it's kind of, a, kind of a theme for Paul. He keeps showing up in prison, right? And so he's writing from prison. He's talking about the joy and what God's doing in the middle of all this stuff. But I can imagine that Paul was even thinking back. It's Acts 16, if you don't know the story, that, that Paul casts a demon out of a girl uh, who's a fortune teller. And then he gets thrown in prison because she made a lot of money for those people. And so it's in the prison where... Where Paul begins to sing, Paul and Silas begin to worship God at midnight. And it says that the, the prison doors are, are torn open by the presence of God and the power of what was going on in that moment. And, but they didn't get out. The prison doors weren't open so they could get out. The prison doors were open so the jailer could get in. <laughs> and so the jailer comes to know the Lord and his whole family in the middle of the night. They hold a church service, knock on the doors and all this stuff. Wake up. I got some dude from prison here that's going to talk to us. (laughs) What would you do if they knocked on your door like that? Oh, man. Kids knock on your doors at night, right? Okay, mine does. Can we get up? No, it's five. 5.30. I don't have to get up at 5.30 today, only tomorrow. So, no, you cannot get up. So, in the middle of the night, so that's how this all started. 
That's how the church in, in Philippi was started. So Paul's writing to these people. It started from a woman and a jailer. And the church grew from that to where they were influencing the city. And so he writes to them. He's like, I'm in prison again, guys. <laughs> and they're probably like, yeah, we figured that was going to happen again. <laughs> and so Paul says this. Verse 12, Holy Spirit, open the word. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I will rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, even if I'm in prison. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Christ Jesus, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We're going to stop right there today and we'll get just stop at verse 21. So what's going on here is so amazing in these verses what Paul says. Number one is this, is that God turns around Paul's imprisonment into a victory. You know, we just talked about victory at the table of Jesus. His victory in your life won't always look like you think it should look. Victory for Paul was being arrested and put in prison. That was victory. <laughs> How many of you want the victory of Jesus in your life? You're like... No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Is that the victory you want? But, Paul, but look at this. God flips it around. Paul says this. He says, look, I've been thrown in prison, but actually what has happened? This is the best thing that's happened. Because now more people are getting to hear about Jesus. I wouldn't have been around the guards if I wasn't in prison. But since I'm around, since I'm in prison... Every single one of the, the, the guards, it says the whole Praetorian guard has heard about Jesus. Can you imagine being so excited about a setback in your life? Something that where it seems like you're getting the short end of the deal, where, where your life is bad, but you're rejoicing because in that moment you're around other people and they hear about Jesus. That's why Paul says to live as Christ and to die as gain, because he was living for Jesus and that was it. It wasn't Jesus plus. 
We like Jesus Plus. Don't you like Jesus Plus? It's like, it's like the upgrade. It's all the good things of Jesus plus all the nice things in America. <laughs> Jesus Plus. Paul wasn't worried about the plus. He just stopped at Jesus. If nothing else came into Paul's life, he's like, I'm willing to be in these chains forever. If the gospel goes out. And here's the other result of this is Paul's trial and tribulation release boldness into other people. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? You know, we, we've heard, you've you probably heard about all the stories about uh, the, the Christians in Afghanistan. You know, that, that once the, what's the, the, the Taliban took over, and I'm not trying to make a political statement here, so don't, don't go into politics or news and try to, Get all riled up about that. But just think about this. When the Taliban took over, the Christians, were their lives were in danger. And many of them had been killed. But some of them were said, hey, we're going to try to get you out. And they're like, no. No, I'm, I'm going to stay here. I want to give, give my life as a witness for Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm going to give my life. And that's what Paul is saying. Like, these guys hear about Paul getting in prison. And rather than them being discouraged, it says, you know what? Since Paul's been thrown in prison, guess what? I'm going I'm to be even more on for Jesus. Can you imagine if we had that mindset? Man, something bad happens to somebody else that's following Jesus. And we go, rather than saying, well, I better be careful. <laughs> I better watch my step. We're like, no, I'm going all in. I'm going even more now. Paul says the result of him being put in prison, what the enemy meant for harm, God turned around for good. What is going on in your life right now that the enemy is intending to harm you that can be turned around where the gospel of Jesus can be honored and released into more people's lives? What if the hard thing in life that you're facing is meant so you can share Jesus with someone else that you wouldn't meet if you weren't in that bad place? So Paul, rather than, I mean, Paul, you know, he, he does want to get out. He doesn't want to just stay in prison. I mean, later on, he says, hey, your prayers are going to help me get out. <laughs> so he's not just like, oh, yeah, just bring it all on. Just everything bad, God, just bring it on. No, he's not saying that, but he's saying when it happens, what I'm doing is I'm looking to Jesus and say, what are you doing? He had such a view, of, a high view of, of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of the good news of Jesus. That it was meant to lay down his life for that. Then Paul goes on to say this. He says some people are even preaching Christ. Out of the wrong motives. And we're like what is going on with that? What many people think is this. In that next section he says. Some people are now. Trying to make me look bad by making fun of me by preaching, basically. Some people were going out and they're like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. But they're only doing it to make fun of Paul and to discredit the message of Jesus. But Paul says, look, even those people who are trying to do that, it's being turned around. Sometimes we get so upset at what 
what is going on in the world, what our world is. Oh, can you believe what's going on? Paul's view was this. Hey, guess what? What's God doing? I'm excited. I get to live the gospel more. I get I get to live the good news of Jesus in a world that hates me. What if that happens? Our culture is changing. What if we get to the point where we we lose things because we follow Jesus? I don't know if that's where it's going. I don't want to say, if, you know, and there's some places where it appears it's happening. But that's happening all over the world already for other believers in Jesus. The churches in Afghanistan, in China, in some of the different closed countries where they can give their lives for following Jesus. It's already happening. They're already living out what Paul said. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And it's interesting, Paul says, hey, I'm just glad the name of Jesus is getting out. I don't even care if that guy's, I mean, which is totally fascinating for him to say, don't you think? Don't you think it's weird? He's like, man, there's these guys, they're doing it for the wrong motives. They're doing it for the wrong reasons. Maybe they're just trying to make some money. Like, I know Paul doesn't take offerings, but we're going to go ahead and take an offering now. (laughs) We all get mad sometimes about, oh, that guy on TV or whatever. And I'm not saying I agree with everything on TV. No, I don't hardly watch it as much anymore. But uh, if the name of Jesus is getting out, Paul says, hey, I'm excited that somebody's hearing about Jesus. Because God can take even someone who's doing it for the wrong reasons and get the right message to the right person. He's, he's bigger than our sin. He's bigger than our, our mess ups. He's bigger than what somebody tries to oppose. And Paul's just saying that. He's trying to encourage them because guess what? They lived in a city that was not like you know, Christian friendly. I mean, Philippi was a was a pro-emperor city at that time. They were really into saying, basically, the emperor is the Lord and the Savior, is what they would say in their culture. So when you got somebody else showing up that says, let me tell you about the Lord and Savior, they're like, are you talking about the emperor? No, I'm talking about Jesus. When your message goes against everything that your culture is is living for, they're going to come after you. And what are you going to do in that moment? What are you going to do when you face persecution? What are you going to do when you face things that are when when you get thrown in prison, whether that's spiritually or, you know, you know, emotionally, relationally or actually physically? What are you going to do? Are you going to are we going to just. Moan and cry? <laughs> Are we just going to rant on social media or something? Like, I'm just, can you believe this happened? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying we don't, you know, take a stand for anything. Don't hear me that. What I'm saying is the, the heart attitude of Paul was this. What's Jesus doing? What, what is Jesus doing? And then it says, and because of this, I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice. <laughs> I'm going to continue to be joyful. I don't think I'm very good at that one. I don't know. Paul seems to be good. (laughs) I need some practice. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't have the joy of Paul when it's not going my way. He says, I'm going to continue to rejoice. You know, in another book, it says, Paul says, in Corinthians, Paul says, hey, God is, we're being led in a triumphal procession. So when I'm in prison, I'm still in victory. When I'm being opposed, when I'm being put down, when I'm being stood against, when I'm being pressed, I'm still in the in the victory parade. I mean, don't we all like victory parades when 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 the when our team, hopefully the the right team wins the World Series again this year, right, Trevor? Um, the same one as last year, and you know they have a victory parade, right? Afterwards, you have the victory parade. That's that's exactly what life is like right now for anybody who follows Jesus. You're in the victory parade. Doesn't mean everybody's happy that's watching the parade. <laughs> But you're in the victory parade with Jesus. And so Paul says, yeah, I'm going to continue to rejoice because I'm in the I'm in the resurrection parade. This is a resurrection parade. Jesus has risen from the dead and he is leading us in victory. So when I'm in prison, then I'm an overcomer. When I'm facing opposition, I'm an overcomer. For I know that your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. In other words, he knows it's going to turn around. It doesn't matter what's happening to me. It doesn't matter who sends anything into my life, that the Lord Jesus is going to turn it around. And he actually, one of the ways that he does that is we get to pray for one another. That's what Paul says here. He says, I know that your prayers, that through your prayers... That's kind of an interesting thought. Think about this. What if the hard thing you're going through is so that someone else can learn to pray better? (laughs) I hope they get it. (laughs) Hope they figure it out, right? (laughs) But isn't that true? Man, I'm telling you, I think I prayed more the last year and a half. I've prayed more. I've been forced to pray more. I've heard of people losing loved ones. I've heard, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Not just not just related to a worldwide pandemic and all that stuff that goes with it, but there's there's just been so much that's going on. I I've, I've prayed more. Because you know when you're when you're pressed and you're the one you love is 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 in the place of the prison, guess what? You you love them. And you're like, I'm going to pray. I mean, they loved Paul. It wasn't like, man, that guy's in prison again. Oh, well. (laughs) Hopefully he'll sing the right song this time. (laughs) Last time it worked. I mean, can you imagine Paul in the prison too? Is he thinking like, should I start singing again? (laughs) Is that how I get out this time? (laughs) It worked last time, right, God? (laughs) This time he doesn't get out of the prison by singing. This time he gets out of the prison by saying, your prayers are going to get me out. And when you pray, the Holy Spirit's going to come into my cell.
Man, pray for somebody else. When you know something, really pray for them. Because it works. The Holy Spirit begins to show up in, in their room. He begins to show up in their life. He begins to do things in their life. Because you prayed. You don't have to wait for Dave to pray. We love him praying. We don't have to wait for Michael to pray. You pray. You pray. And see what happens. Partner in prayer. Paul is, Paul is writing them and he, he knows. He's like, I know you're praying for me. And this is going to turn out for my good. For what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. And he closes with this. He says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. How many of us need courage? (laughs) Interesting thing about courage is you don't use it till you need it. <laughs> when you get the phone call that says a family member is sick. When you read on your social media that the president of Foursquare's 11-year-old niece died. And you're like, oh God. Oh, God. Lord. Help us. Help us have courage to live for you. Help us have courage to keep trusting you. Help us have courage to to not give up. Help us have courage to look beyond just this life. Just right. The thing right in front of me. Help us have courage to, to live as if we're, it really is Christ and to die is gain. Help us live courageously that, I could, that Jesus is exalted in my body. In other words, no matter what happens to me, in my life, against me, for me, whatever, Jesus, you be praised. Man, we need courage. We need courageous people who are gonna who are gonna storm the gates of, of hell. Who are gonna who are gonna live for Jesus when it hurts. Who are gonna live for Jesus when it hurts our pocketbooks, when it hurts our bank accounts, when it hurts our friendships. The friends that we want to have, and it's like, hey, I can't. You lead your friends. Don't let your friends lead you. If you're a follower of Jesus, and hopefully you've got friends that are followers of Jesus too, and you're all going together, I get that. But, you know, sometimes we have friends that aren't. It's like, you lead them. Be courageous. Say no. Say no to something every once in a while. Tell your friends, I'm not going to do that. 
Have sufficient courage to stand up. Man, there is, nothing, there is no worse feeling than when you have an opportunity and you, you chicken out, right? Oh, that's that's got to be one of the worst feelings. I mean, I still remember, I know I've told this story before. Surely, I don't have many stories. Like, my life is super boring, okay? <laughs> I married Ashley. That way, I'd have some life to happen. So, But I remember when I was in high school. Man, I was... I had a youth pastor that was on fire for Jesus. And he told me stories. He was smuggling Bibles into East Germany and China when he was 19 years old. They had secret compartments in the van he was riding in. And they'd go through the, you know, the Berlin Wall checkpoint. And then they'd be, they'd be quiet for 30 minutes because they knew that there was, you know, they could still hear what was going on. But they had the Bibles all in these secret compartments all through the, through the walls of the van. It's crazy. Man, he went all over the place. And there was one time him and his brother were stopped in China. They had a bag of Chinese Bibles. And they're like, what are these Bibles for? <laughs> they're trying to sneak them in they're at the airport i don't know how you sneak bibles into china but whatever this is like 1980 late 80s probably and so the guards asked them they say this this is so amazing these guys are just living for jesus it's so exciting uh said okay if you can speak chinese then i'll let you take these bibles in because i'll know that they're for you so he starts praying in tongues, and it comes out as Chinese. And so they said, the ones who were stopping them said, I've never heard such good Chinese from an American. Take the Bibles in. I don't even know if I would have tried that, though. Would I have had sufficient courage to even pray in tongues to just see what would happen? Just open my mouth. See what God fills it with. But I remember the time in high school, you know, all I am, I'm in typing class. Okay? I'm just in typing class. Really low key, right? That was not intentional. <laughs> and this guy asked me, hey, what kind of music do you listen to? And I go, oh, I, I really like metal. Oh, he's like, oh, like Slayer and Metallica and all this stuff. And I was like, I didn't listen to that stuff. I listened to like Christian metal because I, I was a Jesus follower. I was like, I want to be, be like my youth pastor who's crazy for Jesus. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, all those. I like those. <laughs> Lucky they didn't ask me to name songs, you know, because <laughs> then you get totally would be, I'd been out. I'd been... Uh, the first one. <laughs> Man, I went home that day. That was like the worst feeling ever. That was the worst feeling ever when you go, when someone asks you a question, you're like, you chicken out and don't do what God, you know God tells you to do. No matter what it is. I mean, it's just a small thing, right? No big deal. But I just, I couldn't even have enough courage to say, no, I don't, I don't listen to that stuff. I listen to this, like, 
Later on that year, I did, you know, have another encounter, had the same thing happen. And I chose to get made fun of that time. Let me tell you, getting made fun of for Jesus is, feels way better than going home and going, oh man, I feel terrible that I just couldn't even say, I couldn't even speak the truth about who I really am. So let us have sufficient courage, whatever that is for you. Might be in your business where you're just being courageous and be like, we're going to be people of integrity and we're not going to cut corners. We're not going to play the oil field game. I know many of y'all do that here. You're, you're setting an example. You know, at your workplace, when they say, hey, just, just we're going to let this slide, you're like, I can't do that. I can't just let it slide. If you, you can get somebody else to let it slide. But I'm not letting it slide. I'm living for Jesus. So whatever you're, the temptation that comes to you, you're going to have a chance to be courageous. Maybe he's just showing up for a friend when, you, when it's really super awkward and they've had a really horrible thing happen in their family and you're like, I don't even know what I can say. Show up. So be courageous and say, show up. Like, I don't even know what to say. Just, hey, just get there. Get there and show up. They'll remember. They don't care what you want to say. Whatever that thing is that God tells you to step out in. He's going to give us sufficient courage. I mean, Paul was, look, Paul's expressing a little bit of his weakness here. I mean, Paul wasn't a machine. Paul was, it wasn't just magical that Paul was like, you know, Paul didn't know he was the Apostle Paul. I mean, I, I knew he knew he's an apostle, but I don't, I don't think he probably didn't realize that we'd be preaching all that. He probably didn't realize the scope of what God was doing. I mean, can you think about that? That Paul didn't realize that he was going to be known throughout all history? He he wasn't even concerned about that. But because he wasn't concerned about it, we know about him, right? (laughs) But Paul was also like, hey, look, I need you to pray for me. And I want to have sufficient courage because at what point, you know, I'm, I'm tempted at every point to just give up and say, this isn't worth it. That's a way easier life in Tarsus growing up and just living a pharisaical religious life. It was so easy. All you had to do was follow the rules, show up at the church service, wave at everybody, say, I'm good, and go home. But living for Jesus, Jesus sent him places and said, hey, we're going to get uncomfortable here. You're going to leave your comfortable place and go somewhere else. You're going to be put in prison. You're going to be beat. You're going to be, you're going to be shipwrecked. You're going to go without food for a long time. You're going to have all these things happen. Paul was tempted to give up just as much as any of us are tempted to give up. And so he says, I need sufficient courage not to give up. So whatever you're, whatever you're being tempted to give up on right now, I, I, just, I declare courage over your life. I declare over you that you are going to be courageous, that you're going to, you're going to choose the courageous thing this time. Maybe you didn't do it last time. Maybe, maybe you don't even know what that is, but you're going to be courageous and you're going to overcome. This time, you're not going to say no, you're going to say yes. Or this time, you're going to say no and not going to say yes. Whichever one is courageous. 
in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just pray for this scripture to come alive in our lives, God. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we're not ashamed of the gospel, that we can live a life unto the good news of Jesus Christ. And we would pray, Lord, that you would help us display that. Help us take steps of courage, Lord, to live the gospel. Whatever that means in our lives, it may not seem like a big deal. Lord, our, our, maybe, maybe your life seems super ordinary, but what is the step that you can take? What is the step that you can take that's the courageous step? What is that step? And, and go ahead and say, God, give me the courage to take that step of faith. And be courageous. And walk in love. And walk in forgiveness. And walk in boldness. We can be like the people that Paul tells about. When we hear about how things are going bad, we get bolder. We get louder. We get stronger. We get less inhibited by our fears and we say we're going to all the more live for Jesus. If the darkness gets darker, the light's going to shine brighter. And so we thank you for that. But I pray, Lord, we just release. We just thank you for uh, impartation of courage. That we can we can do what we need to do to live our lives unto Jesus. Help us, O Lord, to live like Paul. Thank you for his life that can be imparted to us, his heart for you and his love for people. Lord, we invite you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. We have our leaders, a few of our leaders come up. If you need prayer, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, then you need to get up here and give your life to Jesus. You need to live in the forgiveness and the freedom of, of what he offers. So talk to somebody about that if you need healing in your body. If you just need a breakthrough financially, whatever it is, uh, before you go, uh, don't leave without getting prayer. And remember, we will see you on Wednesday night. There is no home group tonight either. There's no home group tonight. So that, that home group will be moved to later in the month as well. So uh, bless you all. Thank you.